The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. It is seven and a half minutes after eight. Good morning to you. Welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, this morning, discussing, not for the first time, uh, the issue of political party funding. Now, you may have seen or heard of this quote here from former ANC Treasurer General Matthew Sposa. He said this last year sometime. He was quoted as saying, urgent reform is needed in political party funding, including greater transparency and caps on certain donations. He said South Africa is moving into dangerous and challenging territory. The private funding of political parties is unregulated. Public funding is insufficient for the needs of our parties. Um, But then Recently, there was a story uh, in the media about the Democratic Alliance having received donations from a uh, Sahara Computers Company's executive, Stephen Nell. And, and that again brought the issue to the surface, uh, the issue of, of political party donations and whether they should be transparent, whether they should be regulated. And that's the issue that we're discussing this morning. And let me welcome my guests then on the program to, to give us their views on how this matter should be handled. I'll start here in studio with me. Paul Graham is with the Institute for Democracy in Africa, which is called IDASA, in short. Paul, nice seeing you again. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. On the line, we're joined by Sipo Pikiana. He's the chairperson of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. Mr. Pikiana, good morning. Morning, Colani, to you and your, and your listeners. Thanks indeed. Kenny Penkin is an independent writer also on the line. Uh, he's done quite a bit of research in this area. Kenny Penkin, good morning. Good morning, Bilani. Ah, nice one. Thank you very much for your time. Let me start with Paul Graham here with me in the studio, Mr. Graham. Firstly, I want to refer to the DA issue, the DA Gupta Sahara Computer Stephen Nell DA donation. What have we learned from that issue that has brought the issue of political party donation and funding to the fore? Well, that political parties are constantly seeking funds from private sources, that uh, private individuals and companies are happy to give money to political parties, um, and that they often uh, give because they want some sort of return on their investment, perhaps not in the short term, but in the long term. And uh, lastly, that uh, people are extremely suspicious that there is a direct relationship between the gift and uh, this return on investment. And that has now tainted, in this case, the DA, but uh, in other cases, other parties as well. The return on investment. In this particular case, what would have been the return on investment as far as you read the situation of the donation? Well, it's always hard to tell what, what someone might, uh, might want. Perhaps uh, merely uh, the ability to talk to Mrs. Zilla on a, a more regular basis. Perhaps uh, when, uh, when this particular company goes to the province where the DA are in government, that they would want to know it would be easier for them to discuss the, the needs of the, the government when it comes to uh, the next round of IT um, equipment that they involve it may it may not they may not want any preference in procurement but they may just want an edge in knowing what's coming down the pipeline but it's these suspicions which undermine our, our political process mr Pichana, in your view was there anything controversial about uh, ms zilla uh, accepting a donation from one stephen nell uh, of the company sahara computers well, let me say this first, uh, Kalani, that um, private sector donations to political parties is a corporate civic duty. Uh, it's important that private sector and private individuals donate to political parties and do this in support of the democratic project and for the vibrancy of, uh, of democracy. 
and, and, and private sector does this or should do this in order to ensure that um, uh, as a result of a vibrant democracy, um, we have successful and stable economy. Mm. But it's not a commercial transaction. Uh, it shouldn't be done with the expectation of a return, a direct return. The problem with, with what we have now is that um, because there is lack of transparency, we can't see a correlation between donations given and business that uh, entities get from government or favors of different kinds, which may be licenses to do certain uh, commercial uh, businesses, etc., etc. The lack of transparency uh, makes it difficult for the public to see the relationship. When you have enterprises that are not substantially big enterprises throwing huge amounts of money of money to political parties, especially those that are in power in this instance, it would be the ANC and mm -hmm. the Democratic Alliance, which is in power in the Western Cape and in certain local municipalities. Mm -hmm. It raises suspicion that these are not innocent uh, donations, but are commercial transactions. The effect that, that this has is that those that may be seeking to pursue um, uh, commercial business who may not have the resources to buy politicians may be excluded uh, uh, from 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 uh, transacting uh, in the in our economy. It, but so it, makes it, is, it is it is it is by all accounts it, it it lays the foundation for very corrupt practices. All right, because I, I would like to really understand it. You, you say that companies, corporate sector has a responsibility to fund the political system in the country, but at the same time, there are these suspicions. Where do we draw the line? How can corporate South Africa fund political parties without creating this air of suspicion? It does this as, as it is done in other societies uh, in the world that are democratic through transparent processes that are regulated. Uh, and the regulations would, would say, uh, give an indication. I mean, there are companies in, in South Africa today that are doing this openly. One of the good examples, for instance, is Patrice Mutsipa donate to uh, the ANC, and everybody knows this. Um, he is clear about why he does it. He supports the ANC politically. He goes public about it. Anglo, Anglo Gold Ashanti not only donates to all political parties, but releases a statement of how much it has given to various political parties and does this uh, in order to promote and encourage a democracy, and so on and so on. So if you want to, you can then go back and look at the relationship between the donations that these, and these entities give to political parties mm. and what business they then get from, from government and see if this is driven by a desire to secure business from the public sector. Or it is done in, in order to promote... Uh, good governance, or it is done in pursuit of one's uh, own convictions of what the various political parties mm. represent. All of those uh, are important for public debate. Kenny what Penkin. we lack in South Africa... Mm. Kenny Penkin, which, let me bring you in. Sorry, sorry, I'm going to come back to you, Mr. Pian, in a minute. Uh, but, Mr. Penkin, let me bring you in, because the dilemma, and this is the dilemma that uh, the DA, for instance, has recently thrown out. It says, look, if we were to say... Let the corporate sector be transparent about this. What about the backlash to the corporate sector? What about the backlash to those companies that may be seen to be supporting um, an opposition party um, uh, that may not have as much power, perhaps, as the ruling party? What, 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 what have you found in that, in that regard? It all gets back to the reason for the donation. Is it altruism? 
or is there is it is there a quid pro quo? Is there any harm in disclosure? The, the big problem today is transparency, as we said earlier on. We need regulation. We need to be able to state who who made who made the funds available. Why did they make the funds available? Was it a quid pro quo? At the end of the day, there's nothing to be scared of. If you if if you if you are being altruistic and you are making donations to to a political party in the interest of altruism, in the interest of the welfare of the country, then well and good. But if there's a, a raison that is not disclosed, that is where the problem comes in. But is it as easy as that? Um, because, again, companies are, are minding their, their business in a way. They, they say, for instance, uh, you go and, and you donate to a small party uh, in, in parliament. Well, let me take the United Democratic Movement. Um, it, it, it's in parliament. It's a small party. And perhaps that may irk the, the, the bigger parties. And they say, well, this company is dealing with those people. Then, then perhaps they are against us. And there may be a backlash, uh, Penkin. A backlash there could, there could always be, but then one must stand up and be counted for what one wants to do. I, I believe that disclosure is important, disclosure by the political parties and disclosure by the, by the companies themselves. In the, in the UK, listed companies on the stock exchange disclose the total amounts of their political and charitable donations every year in their annual reports. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with stating what you've done. What, why do something that, 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 that you want to hide? And if someone wants to attack you for, for your principles, well, we all have our principles. We, we know we have to stand up for our principles. But, the, but the, at the end of the day, account, accountability is what's important. But then what has been called for also, in, in the Cape here, there was an article by Paul Hoffman saying that the IEC should be involved in, in conducting an audit of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the political parties. And once there is that disclosure, then you can get to the stage, and I mean full disclosure, you can get to the stage of the government coming in and contributing to political parties, making, making funds available, which would relieve the pressure from, from numerous uh, sources and from numerous causes on, on why donations are being given. Mm. Now, overseas, donations, uh, the, 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 the government supports the political parties, and I don't see why the government shouldn't come in here doing it, doing it here also. And this is what some Hi, political parties... Yeah, this is, I'm going to come to you, Mr. Pian, in a minute. Because, uh, Mr. Graham, this is what political parties are calling for, including the ANC. <laughs> they say, no, not unless the public wants to foot the bill. Let the public foot the bill and we'll be transparent about it. I'm going to come to you, Mr. Pian. Uh, the public is footing the bill, uh, Golani. There's a very substantial amount of money that goes through a fund uh, administered by the Electoral Commission, which is audited, and all the parties have to report. Um, it's distributed. But, but clearly it's not enough. It's, not, it's, it's insufficient, but it, uh, it, it is a start, and because the parties get that public funding, uh, we, are, in our opinion, believe that they should therefore be seen as public entities and therefore they should be subject to the same obligations that other public entities are subject to. But until and unless you increase the slice of the public um, money that the parties are getting, they say, no, we're not going to be transparent about this. We're not going to report to you about this. Well, all, all organizations uh, need both more revenue and they also need to uh, manage their expenses. And the parties also need to manage their expenses. And part of regulation is about helping parties uh, manage uh, the amount of money they might need for an election. Certain expenditures we may cap in the future. Mm. 
and reduce the costs of parties. But parties obviously need money both for elections and for organization and then for social presence. In a place like Germany, for example, the, the, the state and therefore the citizens gives money to the party institutes. Uh, your listeners will have heard of the Friedrich Ebert uh, Foundation, for mm. example, or the Nauman Foundation. And uh, the taxpayers are willing to, to give money for those purposes, perhaps more than for election purposes, where they expect uh, party faithful to collect the money. We haven't talked about individuals. Um, we've assumed all money has to come from corporate uh, uh, entities, and the reality is that uh, wealthy individuals should also be given to parties. Okay. All right. Mr. Piano, you wanted to make a point. No, I wanted to say that uh, the point, this, this thing about... Um uh, transparent party political funding will result in reprisals for uh, smaller parties is, is, is something that uh, a regulatory framework would have to deal with. Um, but to use it as a, a reason to not uh, introduce regulations to ensure transparency is disingenuous. In, in, mo- in other societies where you have these regulations, there are various mechanisms that are used to either uh, cap funding to various political parties um, or to political parties in general or to introduce mechanisms to compensate for smaller parties which may be in opposition which are not attractive to donor funding. So those that get huge amounts of money from private sector uh, would get uh, proportionately less from uh, from the state taking into account the fact that uh, funding is very important for, uh, for the effectiveness of political parties and opposition parties, including small opposition parties, are a very critical element for a vibrant democracy. So the point, the starting point is to accept that there must be regulation, and then you must go through the processes of dealing with all these uh, fears that, that are there mm-hmm. as to how you deal with them to ensure that. Certainly what it would do, it would show the trend, it would expose the trend between those who give support with nothing and with no expectation of a return and those that give money to those who are in power in this instance it would it would appear that the stories that are, are, are in the media around the guptas mm. is that they are giving donations to the ANC which is in power nationally in most provinces and they're giving donations to the DA which is in power in the in, in the western Cape. are they giving are they giving donations to other political parties is a question that the public would want to know if they don't, then it would suggest that they only give uh, financial assistance to those that are in power. It might lead this to uh, suspicion that they are investing uh, rather than donating to a vibrant democracy. All right. I'll open the lines at this point uh, on 0891 Let me get thoughts uh, from South Africans about this matter. To regulate or not to regulate uh, is the question uh, at stake here. Should political party funding be regulated in order for it to be more transparent? What then happens when it's been regulated? 0891 talk, talk to us about it. 0891 We'll also be taking um, uh, emails at guala xsabc.co.za guala xsabc.co.za abc.co.za as, as well as text messages at 34701 34701 uh, just diary for instance uh, uh, mr graham has sent this email about this being a world over problem and is a conundrum as government inability to create job creation environment private party funding is corruption brought forward well it is a world over problem mm-hmm. let's face it it's not just a south africa problem but the but for South Africans, the, pro- the problem is made worse by the fact that we have no regulation, no disclosure. So 
uh, if we legislate, certainly we will come across uh, parties that are unscrupulous, that try to use loopholes. But the same is true of people who try and avoid tax or try and evade tax. Uh, It doesn't mean we mustn't try and, and get it right and get it as clean as we can. But perhaps what we also need to do, uh, uh, Mr. Graham, is, is to is to clarify the, the what if it continues as is. What are the consequences to democracy? Well, the Gupta, uh, the, the Gupta and DA uh, cases is, is one example. The moment it becomes clear that a person or a company has given money to a party. Uh, the public at large and the media in particular suspect that something uh, dirty is happening behind the scenes and that undermines seriously the the trust in political parties, the willingness of citizens to vote, the belief that the parties will uh, develop policy which is in favor of uh, of citizens rather than the rich. And slowly but surely we degrade uh, the democracy we have. Mm. And... Uh, that is becoming more and more apparent to, to voters. Right. A lot of SMSs here. Um, somebody says, uh, our politics is not that matured for that level of practice. Even politicians have, uh, haven't have reached that political tolerance. Uh, there will be an abuse of power. That's Brian Kumalo. Uh, and I'm going to hear if, if Mr. Penkin agrees with that. There's a um, gift in Port Elizabeth on the line. Gift, can you talk to us? Good morning. Do we have a problem with that line? Oh, yeah. Mr. Penkin, uh, the maturity of our democracy? Well, the maturity of our democracy is, is a growing one, as, which is a trite statement. But in, term, in terms of transparency, I'd like to just ma- make a point that if, if the public wants support from the government, then there must be complete accountability. I think a good example is, is, is the lotto. The lotto makes, distri- makes distributions to various organizations. Before one can get any funds from the lotto, one has to submit budgets, most main, mainly audited uh, financial statements, to, to, to support what, what your needs are. Now, is there no good reason why, if you're going to call for support from the government uh, for, for, your, for, your, for your political requirements, that you should not make full disclosure? And that's what we, we're calling for. We're calling for complete transparency, for complete regulation and complete disclosure. One of the problems that, that arises, of course, is if, if you have to disclose records to, uh, for, 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 of a political party, there's two, there's two types of income that they have. One is in cash and one's in kind. A simple example, if someone's paying the rent for, for the offices of a party, that wouldn't be shown as a, as a, cash, as a cash income, wouldn't be shown in their, in their figures. So I'm saying that complete disclosure is necessary, and on that basis, there can be regulation, there can be... The government can come in and can 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 distribute to the parties, and and I believe that that's the that's the way to go. Right. Uh, there's also somebody who says, by the way, our president has openly said companies that support the ANC will benefit. Corruption or African culture? Is there a difference? That's according to David. Uh, can you respond to that, Mr. Bigyan? Well, this thing of everything that is eloquent. Uh, uh, um, is, is attributed to African culture is quite insulting, actually. Uh, there's, there's no cultural um, uh, thing about, uh, about corruption. Certainly, to promise people that if you make donations to a political party that is in power, uh, their businesses would flourish, clearly suggests that um, give us money and we'll open opportunities for you. That's not acceptable. It, it, is, it is a problem. 
And I do want to say to uh, the earlier call, uh, the, the earlier comment uh, that um, our democracy is not uh, developed enough to have these kinds of things. Democracy gets developed as a result of transparency, because transparency enables citizens to be active, to be vigilant, to challenge things, including taking uh, the, the, the parties uh, through the courts and to use other institutions that are there. That uh, transparency is at the center of enabling a, a vibrant, mature democracy. Right. Let me go to Mukwana in Pumalanga on the line. Mukwana, good morning. Golari, good morning. Hi, welcome. I just want to ask one thing that is, 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 is uh, confusing me. Uh, the ANC is being, I mean, the ruling party has been funded all the time. And uh, seemingly now they are getting shaky when other parties are being funded. That is my submission. Why do you say they're getting shaky? Because this thing of being party funding has been there for, for, for some time. Yeah, but why do you say the, the, the ANC is getting shaky about it? Uh, or is it getting shaky about it? In my understanding, yeah, the way I see things, yeah, it is getting shaky when other parties are being funded. All right, well, I'll ask my guests if they know anything about that. Mukwana in Bumalanga. Gift in Port Elizabeth, uh, your thoughts for me, please. Good morning. Hi, Klolani, and hi to your guest, in particular to Mr. Pichel. Look, Klolani, first and foremost, I think let, let us all agree that uh, political party funding needs to be regulated in the country. One of the reasons, Klolani, that I think it needs to be regulated is because individuals uh, who own capital or private companies, when they make donations to political parties, in, in particular political parties that control power, levers of power, who also have hegemony in society, they are making investment because they know in return they will get something. But again, for, for our own democracies to be sustained and for, for the enhancement of our own democracy and to ensuring that the citizens, public citizens participating in the country's future and the affairs of the country, that political party funding needs to be rejected, because at the end of the day, if you are not giving or providing monies to political parties, how are, going to, how are they going to sustain their own businesses? For, for an example, Kolani, I think people must agree, and I disagree with the previous caller that the uh, ANC is afraid because uh, other parties are getting money. No, it, it's about enhancing democracy, Kolani, and make sure that our democracy is healthy and vibrant. Mm. Alright, thank you very much. That's a gift in Port Elizabeth. Let me quickly take uh, Dr. Mulder of the Freedom Front Plus, who's on the line for us as, as well. Dr. Mulder, good morning. Thank you for your call. Yes, good morning, Kulani. This is a very important issue, and I think we need to discuss it and find a way forward. The fact of the matter is that it originated with the Constitution itself. Section 236 of the Constitution makes provision that parties should be funded, and for that, a bill was passed, it became law, and it said that parties should be funded in terms of equity and proportionality. The problem started off by that bill saying that only 10% are shared equitably and 90% proportionally. Hmm. So the funds that uh, you referred to earlier coming from the IEC is distributed in this fashion. It's approximately 18 million a year. Of that 10% is shared equitably, but 90% are shared proportionally, which means ANC takes 65% of that 90%. The, the, the second thing with regard to that fund, that fund is not for election purposes. It's only for the administration and upkeeping of parties in between elections. So what's needed is specific funding for election purposes. And what we would propose to make it easier for companies and those kind of things, it should be absolutely regulated. Perhaps we should create a neutral fund called a democracy fund. And all companies can then contribute to that fund. They don't give to a specific party. 
everybody knows that fund is audited and then it can be regulated in terms of how that money is distributed in terms of an equitable proportion and the proportional proportion but not on the same basis as it's been done in terms of the current situation. Dr. Mulder, thank you very much for, for that call. Thanks indeed, the, uh, the leader of the Freedom Front Plus because there's also, and I would like uh, my, my guests to think about this, there's also an email that says something similar I think to what Dr. Mulder is saying. It comes from Dario who says, what about a board administering donations to parties and donating in proportional representation? Something like the Lotto Board that will then consider um, uh, administering the donations. So uh, I'll take the news headlines now and I'll ask my guests to think about what Dr. Mulder is saying and of course also what Dario is saying on email here. I'll take more of your thoughts, by the way. Uh, GualaX at sabc.co.za. GualaX at sabc.co.za. Give me a call on 891 The Forum at 8 with Kolani Guala. And we are discussing here on the forum uh, political party funding, what needs to happen, should it be regulated or not and we quoted a little earlier on for you uh, former ANC Treasurer General Matthew Sposa who last year said that uh, urgent reform is needed in political party funding in this country. Uh, we just heard before the news uh, from um, uh, Dr. Mulder of the Freedom Front Plus also expressing his views. Let me just quickly before I get my, my guest to respond, I've also got Dibagwane who, who is the leader of the UDM in Bumalang. Let me, let me get his thoughts about this. Dibagwane, good morning. Morning, Tolani. Uh, morning to your guests. Hi, welcome. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think uh, uh, it's, it's, it's quite surprising to hear this matter coming from members of the ruling party, a party which has been funded all the way since 1994 till today. And uh, you see, the smaller parties, like other callers has, have emphasized, it's very difficult for sponsors or people with uh, more money to sponsor a smaller party which is not in power. I think uh, a, a, a proposal that there should be a pool of funds towards elections where all sponsors, all people who are in support of this democracy should put in their money in there and then the money be proportionally also distributed to parties so as to support our democracy. Mm. But uh, regulating uh, party funding I know it's going to be difficult because, uh, as uh, the other uh, speaker has already said, that uh, you know sometimes you get sponsorship in kind. Uh, somebody might say, "Okay, I'll give, I'll, I'll, I'll provide you with transport," uh, and and all of a sudden, how do you regulate that? Okay. Because the other party cannot, uh, you know, get a similar offer. Right. So I think uh, we'd rather look look into this the other way around. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Dibakwane of the UDM. Uh, Lindo, is it Lindo Shrope of COPE on the line also? Hello, Lindo. Hello, Colani. Thanks Hi. for a great program. Thanks for calling. I do want to add the voice of the Congress of People to supporting the, the regulation of political funding. In fact, of, of not just political political parties, but also even um, general election funding, for example, where people are standing as, as independents and so on. I think that should be regulated as well. I am not sure about proportional um, distribution of funds that you put in one pot. In a sense, that would have to be very nuanced, because you see, otherwise what it does, it perpetuates the greater funding to those that are already in power. And you might find that there are people who would to support the smaller parties. So it's something that would need to be looked at carefully. Lindol, thank but you very much. I think much. it's something that is long overdue and it is, it is part of the issue that's going to assist in fighting corruption. And finally, let me just say that mm-hmm. 
one of the difficulties that would need to be addressed is the fear that people have to be known to be supporting opposition parties. Because if, for example, I, I am a business person and I want to support an opposition party and I've got a tender in government, then you get, you get, uh, you get targeted by government uh, with respect to that. So that would need to be addressed as okay. well. Lindo Shopper of COPE, thank you very much. John is in Dalton and John thinks there is no need for regulation. John, good morning. Morning, Kolani. Hi. Um, yes. John? John is on a bad, bad line. Please call me back, John. Uh, let me start with uh, Mr. Pikiana. Uh, you've heard from uh, uh, political parties calling this morning, and, and they generally support the, the, the regulatory environment. Well, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, I think it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's important that we should, we should all do. What surprises me is the fact that even though the ANC um, um, uh, in Matthew Poster has made a very important statement uh, about this, uh, it has opposed in Parliament proposals uh, to establish to establish a legislation uh, to pass legislation to to have this regulation in place, which which is a big surprise. But having said that, uh, Dr. Murdo's point is um, is one that would have to be interrogated quite closely about the establishment of a, a, a pool, because in fact uh, it is the uh, it is through taxpayers' money that a pool must be must be must be set money must be set aside. To fund elections, to fund political parties, etc., etc. Donations are not just giving uh, money; they are support for democracy. And we must we must not run away from the fact that businesses are not necessarily, in all instances, apolitical. They support political parties because they like the fact that they, if if, if in power, they will provide an economic framework that would support businesses to flourish that would enable them to succeed, that would create stability. Some of them would not support, for instance, as a business person. I wouldn't support political parties that I believe um, uh, continue to support a racist uh, uh, setup. Hmm. So those that pronounce socio-political positions and economic positions that I disagree with, I want to be at liberty to not support them, but support others. So you, you want to give businesses an opportunity to use their leverage also to participate in politics mm. in an open and transparent way, short of these being commercial transactions. It's so very difficult. Putting, putting, putting money in a, in, a in, a, in a pool like that, in addition to what uh, uh, Lindor Shopper has cautioned about, also takes away a transparent and open uh, participation by, by, by corporates. Uh, and corporate leaders in, 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 in society's politics. Uh, what do you think about that, Mr. Penkin? Uh, because, you know, there's this suggestion that the IEC perhaps can manage this pool and, 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 and distribute the monies accordingly. I, I like the idea of the IEC managing the pool, and I also like what Dr. Mulder has put forward as, as regards regulation. As long as there's control, as long as there's transparency and one can see and know what's going on, it then merely becomes a matter of deciding the principles. One might, one might have different principles on how the money may, should be distributed, as one of the, your callers said a moment ago. But the idea of regulation and the idea of, of control, I believe, is, is extant and it's needed. Because remember, we're dealing with public funds, and that's the essence of it. Right. Uh, Mr. Graham, just please clarify issues for me, because on one hand, as, as we heard from Mr. Pikiana now, um, um, the ANC in Parliament has, has opposed efforts to regulate this matter. But on the other, you're hearing from the former ANC Treasurer General highlighting some of the difficulties uh, within the, 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 the environment, within the uh, political funding spa- space. 
Why is that? Is there, dif- is there a difference of opinion within the ANC about how to deal with this matter, do you think? I feel there is a difference of opinion. And uh, uh, Mr. Pauza is merely uh, repeating what was said by uh, Mr. Khalema speaking on behalf of the party during our, our access to information uh, court case, which was many years ago, which mm. is that the ANC would bring a, a, a law to Parliament. So uh, I think uh, voters must must judge the words um, as they as they reflect on, on their choices of party uh, in in the future. Because uh, unless there's now public pressure, and I'm very glad that there is public pressure for regulation, it's not going to happen. It's it's ultimately going to be the citizens which bring the parties to the table, and perhaps their donors. Mm. Um, I, I should just say there's been talk in this discussion about uh, the maturity of the country. In Kenya, for example, parties are expected to uh, provide their, uh, their annual financial statements. Um, in Ghana, they have to uh, produce an, a special financial statement on their expenditure um, in relation to uh, elections. Um, Mauritius uh, regulates how much an individual candidate can spend uh, during an election. So it's not only that, uh, let's call them modern uh, mm. uh, economies with, uh, with lots of money provide for regulation. It's the same as true here. Let me just say the Public Funding Act mm-hmm. is a pool which the IEC controls. If, if uh, Mr. Mulder and others want to do something, they should change the, they should amend that act in how it distributes the money. Mm. I should also point out, by the way, I mean, uh, we, we raised the issue of the differences of opinion within the ANC, but what happened after the, the debacle over the, the, the donation of the DA is that the DA leader, Helen Ziller, was quoted in a newspaper article saying that uh, they will only enact a law that, requires or regulate this this only if they are in power they can't do it now i mean what did you make of that response yeah it must be a multi-party approach in parliament and uh, and all the parties will have to get together but it will have to be led by the the party in power obviously but uh, everybody's saying, I'll show you mine if you show me yours and uh, it's mm. been going on for years what now. did you make of that response mr Pichan? Well, it's a bit of a conundrum. Um, you don't have the uh, uh, differences of opinion in the ANC in that in 2007, uh, ANC passed a resolution that says there must be regulation of party political funding, uh, which was affirmed at its uh, Mangawung conference last year. So from a, a party policy position, clearly there is a, a view to that effect. ID uh, is the one that pioneered uh, legislation last in, in, in Parliament. Mm. Uh, DA opposed it. Subsequent to that, uh, you had assertions from uh, DA that they support this. Now, no less a person than its leader comes out and says, well, we do support it uh, on condition that um, we, we, we are in power. The fact of the matter is that they are in power in the Western Cape. So the same dangers that the ANC is, is facing they face uh, in, 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 in the Western Cape and in those local municipalities where they have power. So the reality of the matter is that they have as much propensity to abuse uh, their position to secure funding from, uh, from private sector as anybody else who is in power. We must stick to a, a position of principle here. And the principle is that to the extent that we don't have transparent uh, processes around party political funding, 
our democracy is, is, is going to be compromised by people who are seeking to buy political favors and, 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 and secure cushy roles in, uh, in, in, in state business. And that's not acceptable. Right. I'll take more calls. 0891-104-208. One or two emails for you. Tabi Somarede, for instance, says, Under U.S. federal law, political parties are entitled to capped federal funding. If they opt for federal funding, they are not entitled to private funds. South Africa should opt for strict public funding because some individuals and corporations fund political parties for nefarious reasons. Uh, in fact, a good example is Zuma encouraging corporates to fund ANC in order for them to thrive not for altruistic reasons for promoting democracy. Regulate uh, public funding. That's Tabisoma Radio on email. I'll read more of your emails in a minute. The Forum at 8 with Olani Guala. Mike and Newlands, good morning. Mike? Good morning, Solani. Yeah, hi, go ahead, please. Thanks for a great show. Um, Yeah, my my take on it is quite an interesting one because I'm trying to work out why other political bodies not going for it. I'm I'm a great fan of transparency as I think everybody in most of the callers will agree. And I would say that Let's start with the ANC. Should they not first and foremost get the ball rolling here? They have access to the most funds. I think they're also the people that are the party, certainly anyway, where the president has made it abundantly clear in his speech that if you, don't, you, know, if you look after us, we'll look after you. So that implies quite clearly to anybody who's got half a brain that you will enrich yourself by supporting the ANC. If the ANC has, of course, denied this through their spokesman, they said, no, it's an African custom or some other such an insult. And I think, really, let's get the ANC going, because once the ANC opens their book, and this includes Chancellor House. A very important point here, we're missing that as well. Chancellor House helped themselves to five billion. So that's also money that's flowed to the ANC coffers. Let's get their books open and let's shame the DA and all these other parties which are claiming that they want transparency, but they're not really doing it. So I, I would say ANC, let's get going. Open your books. You, surely you have nothing to hide. And let's shame the other parties okay. into opening their books. Because really, at the end of the day, as one man said on your panel, Skulani, this is our money. It's public money and we really do need to know it's spent properly right. and watch. Mike Thanks. Newlands, thank you. Uh, John in Dalton. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Palani. Good morning to you. Hi. Well, yes. Welcome. Go ahead. Um, terrible connection again, Jonathan. I'm sorry. I really am. I, I apologize. Jonathan and Dalton, terrible connection. Uh, let's try some other time. Let, let me look at some of the um, SMSs that have come through. There was one here that I wanted to ask you about specifically. Uh, Paul, if you may res- uh, respond to this. Somebody says, um, is party funding a tax write-off? If so, sign me up, please. <laughs> Richard. Um, it's not. Um, parties are, are private entities and so there's no ability to claim. Of course, if parties accepted they were public entities, um, then there could be a discussion about whether, whether they uh, would qualify as public benefit organizations as, uh, as civil society groups and, and sports bodies and so on do. And then perhaps a uh, tax write-off could be an incentive for ordinary people to give money to the party. And I see Andre says, no one is going to prevent interest groups from throwing money at a majority party to maintain favors. Let me, let me pick up on this point with you, Mr. Penkin, because uh, just before the, the commercial break, I read an email about what, going, what goes on in the U.S. But elsewhere, in the U.S. as well, there are these problems of interest groups and the money that they throw, particularly at presidential elections. As, as I know the matter, the United States limits the amount of donations which each person can make to a, to a political party, but I'm afraid I'm no expert on on that to say how far the United States goes in in its regulation. But the but there is in the United States control 
of the limits which are which are given to to political parties. Mm-hmm. Right, Yogi in Cape Town on email says, if Dr. Mulder's suggestion were to come to fruition, I would hope that one of the conditions for parties to get funding from such a board, they must have elective conferences timelessly and be free and fair. I wouldn't want to donate money to parties like COPE that haven't had elections and have dictators uh, leading such a party. Yogi in Cape Town. I suppose it goes back to the point you made a little earlier on, Mr. Pikiana, about uh, corporates also having to choose which party I want to fund because I may not necessarily want to fund parties which I assume or I, I presume to have dictators. Absolutely. I mean, the, the very judgment, uh, which is part of a very important uh, 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 democratic uh, choice and exercise. But Mike's point uh, is, is a very important point, uh, Mike from Newland, hmm. about uh, ANC taking the lead. It would seem that the ANC membership is at odds with the leadership because in its resolutions, again, of 2007 and, and Mangawung, it restated that um, uh, investment houses like Chancellor House and other party-linked uh, investment projects should also be regulated uh, similarly. Clearly, there is a concern uh, broadly that there must be regulation of how the party gets funded, uh, what the motive is behind those who are funding it, to ensure that there is, uh, there, is, there, is, there is transparency. It goes without saying that uh, if you are a ruling party, in most instances, you tend to attract a lot more donors than if you're an opposition party. The issue about regulation would be how do you then, for the vibrancy of democracy, mitigate that? Do you put a cap uh, or do you augment the, uh, the smaller parties to ensure that they have sufficient uh, resources to survive, given that they are not attractive to to the, to the wider public. Regulations would deal with a lot of these, of these issues, but we can't deal with them if we don't have transparency. The lack of transparency serves the vultures of corruption. It doesn't serve political parties. It doesn't serve democracy. Mm. More emails. Uh, Norman Baloy in Palm Ridge says, the current <laughs> model of political funding indeed raises suspicion on whether the companies involved are applying for future financial investment. The other question of funders only funding the DA and the uh, ANC raises eyebrows because the two political parties are running two of South Africa's economic hubs. The statement holds more water and calls for public funding transparency. Norman Baloy in Palm Ridge. Another email came through from Humuzo. Uh, Kubue, who says, I just need a bit of clarity on the Limpopo textbook saga. Okay, it's a different, uh, it's a different issue here. Yeah? Uh, are these businesses, and this is Fiso P. Kumalo in Freyhead, are these business people donating or investing so that they can get tenders from these parties? Uh, and one does mm-hmm. not hear that they donate to those smaller parties because these parties do not have powers. These so-called political party donors should be exposed. That's according to Fiso P. Kumalo. Uh, Paul, uh, Idasa has been at this for many, many years. What successes have you registered and, and what are the difficulties? Well, it, uh, it's still on the agenda. And um, the, the warnings that we made in the early days about what would happen if this wasn't regulated are coming to pass. You can hear from the suspicions that your, your listeners have. Um, and, uh, but, but legislation is required. And unfortunately, only the representatives in parliament can pass legislation. So we can push, we can shove, we can all cry out as we're doing. We can even suggest what that legislation should be. But ultimately, the parties have to take the lead here. And, uh, and as Mr. Pajana says, it's not clear why they are not doing so.
And is is there? Uh, I was under the impression that there are discussions going on in Parliament around these these issues, Mr. Graham. They they come and go. Um, there've been uh, multi-party discussions. The, there've been private members' bills. Um, the previous uh, Treasurer General of the ANC said that he was going to encourage a, a multi-party study group to start to put together uh, background material on this. Uh, but until it's a multi-party group, which includes the ANC, it will go nowhere. And, and there's an SMS, by the way, uh, uh, apparently uh, clearing up an issue that we raised earlier. It says, no, the, Supreme, the U.S. Supreme Court removed all restrictions on political donations with the notorious Citizens United decision. So it's an issue there as well. Uh, just as we come towards the end of, of uh, this program, Mr. Pijana, again, one would want to know what needs to happen now and what needs to happen almost immediately. Well, we need to go back to uh, the commitment that the political parties made to to court, to the Cape Supreme Court, um, when IDASA filed for regulation of party political funding, that they needed to be afforded space to be able to put legislation together to do that. They must make good of their undertaking to do so. It's urgent that we do that. And, and again, as we wrap up again, Mr. Penkin, what needs to happen? Bulani, in, in, in my view, I would like to stress one point, and that is this. We're talking about transparency and regulation all the time, but I want to make the point that all this does include a non-financial matter, which is governance, and the governance of the internal controls in the parties should also be should be an important issue to come forward. May I also just make one other point? We, we talk all the time about what Helen Ziller has said, and I think there's a, it's a case of semantics that she's been misinterpreted. When Helen Ziller said, when we're in party, power will do this, I don't think she meant only, we will only do it when we're in power. I think the interpretation is that we would like to do it. We don't have the power now because we're not in power. We're not, we don't have the, the majority. But she means when we're in power. It's not a case of a, our principles will only apply when we're in power. Uh, uh, yeah. needs to be clarified. What, what was your interpretation of that, Mr. Graham? Because uh, according to an article, I think it was in the Sunday Times, uh, it, it sounded as if she says, well, we will indeed pass uh, legislation, but only when we, 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 we come to power. I'm not sure what she meant, but what I hope is that if the ANC um, initiate this, that the DA will um, contribute as the second largest party in the parliament to good legislation. Uh, let me just quickly squeeze in this call from Sebastian in Cape Town. Sebastian, you have less than a minute. Hello. Yes, morning to you. Uh, I would say that at election time, municipal na- or national, the voters should have a complete uh, range of views presented to them. In other words, they should be able to hear the platforms of every party or every candidate standing. So if public money is going, this should be uh, going into presenting all views across equally and the same would apply to airtime on the radio and TV so all messages go out equally and then voters can make a properly informed a fully informed choice Does it happen anywhere else in the world though? Because people will say well proportional representation proportionally if you have 65% of the vote then you deserve I suppose 65% of uh, time in parliament if, if they're wrong elsewhere it doesn't mean we have to be wrong here we need to give our voters <laughs> a, a fully democratic choice and to make that you need to be fully and properly informed so okay, all Sebastian. voices need an equal opportunity. That's what I would say. All right, Sebastian in Cape Town, thank you very much. Gentlemen, I've really got to wrap it up. I thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, Paul Graham of the Institute for Democracy in Africa, IDASA, thanks indeed for your time.
time. Good to see you again, Paul. Uh, Sibo Pijana, Chairperson of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. Thanks indeed, Mr. Pijana. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And also would like to thank Kenny Penkin, an independent writer. Kenny, thank you very much for your time. A great pleasure, Bologna. Oh, much appreciated. All right, then. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to the team as well. They put it all together for us this day. Our producers, Tracy Bumgard, Wisana Makubele, Misho Shandlale, and Smongil Ntlapo. Senior producer, Zinat Abdul. Forum at 8 producers, Jake Mukoma and Mandi Samtelu. Technical producer today, Judy Mutupi. Executive producers, Obrisa Chie and Busi Chane. My name is Dolani Gwala. I shall be back again for you tomorrow, 6 to 9, here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader.